when every single comparison is just you and Ginger. What's up, everybody? Richard from True Shot here, and thank you for checking out the 12th episode of the True Shot Guest Spot Podcast. On today's episode, we have Mike Stringer, the guitar player for Spirit Box, and this was an awesome conversation, probably my favorite podcast to date. Talked about so many great things, even just, you know, fun banter. We talked about it all. So in terms of what we did talk about, uh, some previews, uh, you know, he used to be in a band called I Wrestle the Bear once with Courtney, his wife, um, and obviously now they're in Spirit Box together. So we talked about the transition from I Wrestle the Bear once to Spirit Box, you know, kind of what life was like in that in-between period there. We talked about their tour with After the Barrier that got canceled midway through due to the pandemic. We talked about Holy Roller. We talked about, you know, the tag that they would get, you know, as female fronted and some of the, the connotations that come along with that, um, whether it be in media or just trolling online. And I mean, hey, we even talked about what kind of plastic surgery you'd have to get. That might not make sense to you, but it will if you listen to the episode. Uh, also, uh, there's a slight echo at the beginning for about two-ish minutes, but it got corrected after that, so we apologize for that. But also make sure you stick around, you watch the podcast. Also, we're starting up on Twitch now, twitch.tv slash trueshotofficial. But anyways, let's get into the episode. This is Mike Stringer from Spirit Box. two seconds ago but i'm gonna ask you again because it's the obligatory thing to do in a podcast so how's it going man i'm doing well man. i'm doing well yeah, man. thanks so much yeah, for thanks so much for having me on here, me on here guys it means the world Thank yeah you. absolutely so for people who are tuning in who may not know who you are you know michael stringer they may know they may know spirit box but go ahead and introduce yourself who you are what kind of car you drive whatever you want to uh, put in the <laughs> intro there yeah well yeah I'm well mike, my name's mike i play mike. guitar in the band called spirit box as you just said um we are based we are based out of victoria bc canada and um been in and out of been in and out of different bands before i used to play in a band called i wrestled a bear once did that for a little while same with my wife same with my wife courtney who is also the singer of our band spirit box now and um and um yeah we're just trying to navigate through this uh Crazy world, crazy that world we're that we're experiencing all experiencing at the moment, at the and, moment uh, and uh, just trying to pump just out trying to pump out music, and, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty that's, much that's it. Pretty that much it. it. That sums it up. Nice. <laughs> all right, perfect. Yeah. Nice. Well, the one question that I always like to ask people when I am very surprised uh, is by because you know obviously I, I had messaged you, you to come on the podcast, yeah. and uh, yeah. I was very surprised when you were you like knew who I was for one, and then you knew like about us. So I, how did you? How did you stumble across? Because I was like, I was thinking about like, okay, I gotta, I want to ask somebody from Spirit Box, come on here. And I'm like, they'll never want to come on this. Po- I mean, they'll, they'll never want to come on this podcast. And then I'm like, <laughs> hi, Mike, I'm Richard. Would you like to come on my podcast? And you're like, hey, Richard, I know who you are. And uh, so I'm very curious, like, how, how, how? 
<laughs> dude, oh, dude, oh. Well, of course we come on. Of course we come podcast. on your podcast, yeah, man. It, it, yeah, it, the, I'm just, I'm just I'm down just, with the I'm internet. Down with the internet. You know what I mean? So like, I think the first, I think the first time I came across came across your guys' channel was when we put out our song called Blessed Be. And at that time, yeah, and at that time we were, you know, we, you know, we were in Europe and we had a lot of time, a lot of time to kill during the days and stuff. We were the first, we were the first band on. So it was like it was like we would set our stuff up and then we would around sit around. And you know, we were, you know, we were, we were, we were addicted to addic- our phones and on our Wi-Fi and going through, you know, what people thought of the song and shit. And you guys popped up, and I was like, oh, awesome! And you know, I, I love reaction videos, anyways, because, cool. you know, it's just like getting to see someone's genuine first, mm. you know, like response to your song that you slaved over and everything. And especially when it's positive, it's great. And uh, you know, you guys knew what you're talking about. And then I, I went through your. Your channel, and then I saw your guys's band, and then I checked that out and everything. So, oh, okay. wow. you still wanted to come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoa, whoa, oh, that that I'm well. For number one, I don't know what you checked out, but whatever it was, I apologize in advance. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was great. It was awesome. I don't want to subject anybody to that uh, kind of know, horror. So, uh, yeah, man. So, okay. So the other thing I wanted to start off with too, because I know that you said that you were in I Wrestle the Bear once. And I, yeah. I, I've been dying to tell you this. So, like, I think it was, oh, man, it was, I think it might have been, was was I Wrestle the Bear once on Warp Tour 2013? Uh, 2012, and then All Stars 2013. Okay, okay. It was, okay, it must have been 2012, because I remember it was a Warp Tour. And because uh, back in 2012, I was kind of in my, my uh, formative metal years. You know, I was, uh, you know, I was kind of scratching the surface a little bit. And uh, I remember I came across the set from Iwabo, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Like it was because yeah. like, at the time I was listening to like Avenged Sevenfold and you know uh, Atreyu and Three Days Grace and that kind of stuff. And then I saw that, and I was just like, "I was just a young lad. I was not ready yeah. for that insanity." But uh, yeah. I, you I left, just you left very confused. I I was very confused. I was like. Yeah. You I was hadn't like, made it to like Dillinger Escape Plan or anything yet, have you? Uh, you no, know, at that point, <laughs> yeah, it was it was wild stuff. So, um, yeah, man, like I, and then when I, I then when we we discovered Spirit Box, and then I somebody in the comments had told us, oh, these you and Courtney used to be in uh, in Iwaba. I was like, oh wow, okay, because I never yeah. like yeah, because. I remember when we first discovered Spirit Box. Uh, I think the it actually, took us a while. It, people kept, you know, hey, you guys got to check this band out. You got to check this band out. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People say that all the time, but it like <laughs> it just kept coming and coming. We we're like, we got to do this now. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, 2012 would have been Courtney's first tour with Iwabo. Um, she joined that band very abruptly, like literally, yeah. got a Facebook message when she was working at her nine to five and was like. You know, the, it was I was manager, and they were just like, "Hey, we need a replacement vocalist. Can you fly out tomorrow and right. do the rest of Warp Tour?" And so that was her first tour. And then, you wow. know, she started touring like literally after that Warp Tour. It was a world tour and everything like that. And um, I would start visiting them, and I got to know them really well. And then I was like, I, I was touring with the band in 2013, like in the band in the band 2013, but it wasn't announced until like a year after that. So I toured with them for like a full year, and then that announcement came and then we made a record together and then we disbanded in 2015. But, uh, 
Yeah, so so that would have been early stages of of Courtney's career with them. So that's really cool. That's like OG stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it was it was funny because I I because um, so what I did because I actually so about maybe a month or two ago I had watched uh, the podcast he did with Andrew Baina, and okay. um, so that what I like to do I I don't know if it's just me or what but like once I like find like a personality, I guess that I'm like, Oh, these, these seem like nice people. I go down like a rabbit hole of like as many interviews as possible. And I especially right. did for this cause I wanted to, you know, do my research and, do uh, search. Yeah. <laughs> but that was an awesome, yeah, that was an awesome podcast. And actually how it ties back to Andrew Baina was I, uh, I actually, I've, I've, uh, been messaging him as well, trying to get him on the podcast and he's going to be coming on pretty soon. And, um, I was just kind of like, Hey man, um, I kind of want somebody from Spirit Box to come on the podcast, and I know that you know them. And I, I hate, I did not want to be that guy, but I was kind of that guy where I was like, "Would you mind kind of mending that bridge?" And then uh, <laughs> I was, I was, and then he was, and then I said, "All right, man, you know what? Never mind. Just give me the best way to get in contact with him." So I'm so glad that it worked out, and uh, it's it's cool that you knew who we were, and it wasn't uh, anything weird for you uh on your no. end so i'm glad no definitely not man just slide in my dms you're good to go no worries <laughs> oh man do you get a lot of that you know a little you know greasing it right into the dms or no dude i i'm really bad at like especially on instagram and stuff and i i feel bad a lot of the time when someone's like hey man like i want to i want to take a lesson or something or you know just like a general inquiry or just someone someone saying something so nice like I have a habit of checking things at the most inappropriate times and then starting to like, oh, now I have to drive for 20 minutes. And then the rest of the day goes by. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, oh, shit, I I left that guy on red. I look like an (laughs) idiot. You know what I mean? And so I'm bad at that. So you caught me at a really good time because I was just like, you know, doing whatever on my computer. And you you popped up and I was like, oh, I I know this guy. And then we started talking. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so I need to work on that. So, yeah, that's a good reminder for me. <laughs> no, yeah, that ha- I mean, that, you know, it's easy that that happens, you know. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, man, so, again, I'm super excited to be doing this because as everybody who is probably watching this knows, your latest song, Holy Roller, came out uh, very recently. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that song was just like, because when we do reactions, right, we do them like, uh, you know, in, in, in groups because we only get together once a week to kind of, you know, do music related stuff and do the reactions as well. So sure. we get, you know, we do probably about anywhere between like six to eight videos. And I can't remember where you guys were in the pecking order. But, uh, you know, sometimes you get a little fatigued doing all those videos. But uh, yeah. we got to you guys and I was just like whoa and like i left i left after that night and i was just going down the highway going home just blasting it and i will say that that song has officially made my drive by normal people uh, going about their day and blast this song <laughs> dude <laughs> i cannot awesome. get that riff out of my head oh yeah it's yeah, just like, like the it's bends. so groovy oh thank you how did you come up with that riff i i, I got to ask um as a joke. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, we were writing the song, and like, like basically, what happened is we were having like a, a writing week, basically, and we we had our uh, our producer our producer up here. We were writing for the record, and everything that we were writing was so kind of like spacey and mm-hmm. melodic, and just like 
you know, almost almost like in the same vein as Blessed Be and stuff. And, you know, at the end of it, we, we still had like two days left or whatever. And we're sitting there like, oh, we need like we need like a really heavy song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he kind of was just playing around with some sort of sound library and came up with that weird pattern with some. I think that was the sound. And just immediately from there, we just kind of were just joking around and came up with it. We wrote it in like an hour and a half. And the whole time Perfect. that we were doing it, we were like laughing because of just how stupid it is. Because it is, it's it's a it's a ridiculous, over the top, crazy song. And um, you know, it's just one of those things where I feel like sometimes the less effort you put into some stuff, like it, it turns out to be the best, right? So Absolutely. Us it not taking flows. it, ser- yeah, yeah. Us not taking it too seriously. And of course, like you know, I'm not saying that we were like, oh, this is. This is never going to make anything, and this is just we're wasting our time. Like we had a great time doing it, and, and we right. knew we knew that there was like something about it that we really enjoyed. Um, but you know, as far as like <laughs> it actually being a single and stuff, no, it was not planned. And it, it, it the song itself is so bonehead and just kind of straightforward, anyways. But I'm happy that people like it. I'm re- I'm really glad that people took to it because I enjoy it. I think it's a I think it's a it's a really fun song for sure. Yeah, I watched the playthrough of it. I'm like, it, it's not super complicated. It's just groovy no. as hell, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, no, it's, it, it's sick. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's like one of those riffs where it's almost like, how the hell didn't we come up with that? Like, it, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like Adam said, it's so simple, but like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's so groovy. And, uh, because it, like you said, it's 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 very it's different than like a blessed bee or something like that. Whereas like you very, said, yeah. like it's it's like airy, and you go to that, and that's just like you know caveman kind of style, like just yeah. just just beat down, just heavy as yeah. hell. So, I mean, because obviously going back to I wobble a little bit, I mean that stuff was just kind of all over the place. So, mm-hmm. g- kind of going from Iwabo to to Spearbox, were you kind of tempted to kind of keep that sound a little bit? Because I know that sometimes some bands they'll like, you know, for for example, um, you know, like Amur, like when all those guys left the band, and then now they are in like some, it's like a hard rock or rock kind of band now, and it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, it's like such a, and not that you know, going from Iwabo to Spearbox is like that big of a change, but. Mm-hmm. Were you tempted to kind of be like, all right, people kind of know us as this, so should we continue with this? Yeah, you know what? I I got super burnt out, yeah. to be honest with you. And like when that all ended and we started writing for Spirit Box, I had like a I had like a month of just writing the same thing. And mm. it became very clear that like it was very uninspired. I was very uninspired. Um, a lot of the stuff that I was coming up with was just rehashed Iwabo, like Hail Mary era stuff. And mm. I just, I just, it didn't make me feel good. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I didn't think that like, oh, I could see myself playing this style of music for the next 10 years. You know what I mean? Like it right. just wasn't there. So instead of just, you know, panicking and being like, oh shit, like I have to completely reinvent the wheel. I just basically, I just basically was just like, okay, well, why don't, why don't I just write songs that I find are catchy and then not worry about labeling it, not worrying like, you know, what it will sound like or anything and just see what that looks like and what it sounds like. And that's how the first EP was made was just, you know, because like if you listen to the the first thing that we did, there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's like an 18 minute, sorry, like a 16 minute long song or something that's like three songs or actually one. And then there's one like kind of tech song. And then there's a couple that are like 
one's more bonehead and then the other one's more like verse chorus verse pop structure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's very all over the place. But at the same time, like, you know, we tried to make it all cohesive. But yeah, like I just I didn't want to do the same thing that I had been doing because it, you know, it just didn't really make me feel great as a musician. Like I just it was very uninspiring to me. Yeah, because did you kind of feel like that was maybe um, a little bit of a I don't want to say like a risk, right? But like if for the you know the the, the fan base that you have, you know, from Iwabo kind of carrying over to Spirit Box, did you kind of have a little bit of pressure on yourself to be like, oh, this is what they like know me as? I should deliver some form of this, and then you come out with something that's you know a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a part of me. I, I, a part of me kind of felt like that's what was going to be expected. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, I mean, everyone's going to be expecting this. So if we do dumb things down and we try to do something like more, um, yeah, I don't want to say accessible because it's, it's not that. It's just mm-hmm. it was more there. There were more like, it, it, you know, like actual song structures and actual melody coming through and reoccurring themes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, well, if we're going to do that, it has to be good because otherwise people are just going to like glaze over it. And also at the same time too, like we, <laughs> Iwabo never announced that it was done. Right. Yeah. So, so it was just like, well, it's going to take people a long time to discover this once it actually does come out. Mm. And then we're not really getting like a lot of bands will go on their old band pages and be like, Hey, just a heads up. This is what we're doing. <laughs> right, right. We never got that. So like even fans of Iwabo kind of had to organically find it anyways. And then they had to decide if they liked it. So it's not like we were even able to shove that down people's throats. You know what I mean? So very bizarre situation to be in. (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah, Yeah. no, it is. Yeah, because I know that, you know, like I said, sometimes like when a band like either, you know, either, you know, disbands or a certain amount of members left, they'll sometimes they'll end up marketing themselves as we are like, not that obviously you guys didn't do this, but in some cases it would be like, you know, for example, we are spirit box. And then like in a little parentheses, X, I wrestled the bear once. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that you guys didn't do that though, because I think like when you do that, um, especially like, at least from my perspective, like if I see, you know, like for example, cause we actually did see this, they came through our local area. It was like X and I'm like, Oh, this must be like a heavy band. And it was not (laughs) at all. So it it sets up an expectation that you're like, Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, I think right. you have those groups of fans, right? That'll be like, oh, it sounds like, oh, this. So I'm going to go listen to it. Oh, that's not what I expected and vice versa, right? You're not going to have that opportunity where people, oh, I've heard of them. They were this. I'm not going to even check them out. So I think starting organically again kind of gives you new breath, right? Definitely. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, too, you can't control what other people are going to label you as. Like, you know, yeah. in the, especially when we first started. If we were if we were lucky enough that an outlet would decide to mention us, it mm. would be Spirit Box in brackets. I wrestled a bear once, so right. We didn't even have to do that; they just did that anyways because that makes yeah. more sense. That you know the band had way more weight than you know Spirit Box probably still does. So, and they're trying to get clicks you know, too. So hundred percent, yeah, right. Yeah. They're, they're trying to get the clicks, so they figure you know because because for better or for worse, I wrestled the bear once was a very polarizing band. I, I, from yeah. what I recall, it was either like, it wasn't like a, oh yeah, like, yeah, I, I listen to them sometimes. Like there are people that were like, no, I hate that band <laughs> or they yeah. loved them. Um, right. Yeah. But, Definitely. uh, so I guess like you had mentioned, like kind of, you know, the way that you wanted to write, uh, you know, stuff that, um, you know, that you really liked that was catchy to you. So I know that in the Andrew, in your, your interview with Andrew Baina and Johnny, uh, 
I don't know. I don't recall if you said that you were part of this or not, but I, I know that I wobble. You said they had like a spreadsheet of like these are the BPMs and like plug and play everything, which I think yeah. is kind of interesting. Um, so like, yeah. how did your writing? How was your writing process changed? Not even I guess from I wobble, but you know, for those that may not know, you were in a band called Fallen Archaea once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what, which is sick, by the way. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we yes. we were we were listening to some of it before we uh before we got on, and uh, yeah, it was crazy stuff. But so like, how has your writing process changed? Not you know, obviously you've gotten older and whatnot, but just going from like those different styles of bands. Yeah, well, I was definitely a youngin when it was during the FIA days, and and back then, you know, the only stuff that's even available on Spotify was stuff uh, that was written when you know, like recording yourself was just becoming right. available, right? So that was me figuring out how to do that. And that record was written over Skype between me and the other drummer, Brent Rogers. Um, and so that was a new experience for me. And then moving into Iwabo, as you said, Iwabo had a very <laughs> crazy way of writing where like <laughs> it was all taken, it, it like riffs would be made, they'd be saved, uh, they'd be titled as what it sounded like with a BPM, it would then be entered into an Excel sheet, and then when they would construct songs, whenever they got stuck, they'd be like, all right, what do I got at 131 BPM? And then they'd go and they, oh, I got a, I got a country like, okay, I'll put that in there, and then, that, okay, after, you know, like... That is unique. Yes, it was crazy. And I was used to writing full songs before, because I was yeah. the sole writer in my old band, so when it came down to me joining and contributing to writing... There was kind of a little bit of an like a learning curve there, being like, okay, I'm presenting full songs. These guys actually only do parts, so now we're gonna have to deconstruct my songs to kind of maybe throw in oh. Stevens, or we're gonna keep the full, and then he's gonna add on some parts and stuff. So it was fine. We made it work, but you know, moving forward from there with Spirit Box, it was like I kind of had to then ditch that way of thinking, and then I'm like back to being the sole writer again. And, you know, when it came down to that, like I said before, you know, I was just burnt and I just was, you know, I, I, it would take me so long to get to a point where I could actually write full songs again. And when I did, it was just more so like a new experience of being able to reuse parts and being able to bring things back and actually having themes throughout the songs that maybe re- came back in a different song, you know, at the end of the uh, of the EP or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um you know, and since then, I, not in a bad way, but I feel like since that first one, we've just been dumbing down our writing ever since and thinking <laughs> thinking about things like, oh, maybe it'd be cool to write a riff that won't kill me when I play it live. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a, a progression of maturing, getting older and thinking really critically about how it will come across live. And that's basically the way it goes. I got you. Yeah. So, uh, like, so do you prefer that kind of being the sole songwriter? Because I know that there are some people, um, you know, mm. who even play guitar, and um, you know, sometimes they're not really kind of like a full song kind of guy. They're more of like a uh, like they have the idea in front of them, and they can like be the filter, so to speak, that kind of thing. Sure. Like, like kind of provide good edits. But do you like being the sole guy rather than like I don't want any? I don't want you guys to bother me. Just let me do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm pretty aware that I'm kind of a control freak to a certain <laughs> degree. Um, but that being said, you know, like after a little while, it became evident that I, I I would not be able to keep up the momentum needed 
to keep provide you keep you know pumping out full songs that were going to hit each time and everything and so when we started um you know because like our our producer dan has Mm -hmm. always mixed and mastered our stuff always ever since day one but then it came down to it was like okay well what would it look like because he had done two records with us and he was like what would it look like if like you guys came down here and maybe i assisted you on writing and that's okay, when we yeah. started writing, uh, when we recorded uh, Rule Nines and Blessed Be. That was the first go of that. And um, I don't ever want to go back to the old way because it's just so... Well, for one, being the only guitar player in the band, it's so amazing to be able to sit in a room with another guitar player and bounce ideas back and forth. And, you know, it's not like he's writing the songs for me, but he's he's giving me that immediate reassurance of, like, that's really good. And we sh- yeah. there's something there to where, like, maybe I would be like, oh, that's shit. Like, I, I'm going right. to throw this away. He's there to be like, no, 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 that's really good. Here's what we can do with that. You know what I mean? So that helps a lot. <laughs> and it's it's a it's a it's a good I think it's a good dynamic to have for sure. Yeah, because I, I think because because, um, you know, we just recently released a song back in in June and uh, we're releasing another one here coming up. But then we're actually going to be for the first time going into like an actual studio with a producer. We've never done that. We've kind of done everything like on our own and then ourselves sent, and then in my it, basement and, and then sent yeah, it out yeah, to be mixed right? and mastered. Um, which by the way, I love when, uh, I think in that, actually that episode with Andrew, I think Courtney said, do not let geography be a, a limitation for you, which I thought that was like such a great way to put it. Um, yeah. but yeah, cause I think when I, I, cause obviously we haven't been to a producer yet, but the, the thought that I had in my mind is that like, it's it's it gets it, sometimes it, it gets hard to like kind of in a way self produce yourself because you know you're you and it's like you kind of need that you know that 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 fourth or fifth set of ears to kind of be like no that sucks man or no that actually is good keep that right yeah yeah you know what I mean like like I just said it, some sometimes you end up throwing shit away and and it, you never know what could have been right like if you just would have maybe not got frustrated and you know, kept the session up for an additional 25 minutes before deleting it. Maybe it could have sparked something really cool. You never know. And I mean, like maybe not everybody will agree with that, but I, I think that after a certain while you have to be able to allocate someone else to like share the stress levels with you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I remember like, you know, before we started doing that, I just was sitting there just being like, I have no idea where to go from here. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know which direction we should go. And then it just became apparent and it's like, it doesn't matter. We can do whatever the hell we want. And, and at the end of the day, I, I think that is something that is really cool about our band in particular is that, you know, we could probably release a stripped down version of something that's acoustic, or we could put out a Holy roller or we could put out a pop, um, structured song like blessed be and people would, you know, at least listen to it, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So that's important to me. I think diversity is very important. Yeah, cause uh, yeah, cause we we've, we've definitely kind of gotten into the mindset of like, you know what, man, who cares? As long as it sounds cool, then we're in. You know, it's like right. not putting yourself in in that in that kind of a uh, in that kind of a box, creative box. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, big time. So I know that obviously there was a little bit of a gap between Iwabo going to uh, to Spirit Box. Like, so what do what do you? Because I know that you've been in band since you were, you know, like sixteen years old. If I yeah, if I read that correctly. So like, what do you yeah. do when there's not like, I mean, obviously like you're going to be writing stuff naturally you're a musician, but like, what is like life like? Man, it was crazy. I, we finished up that last Iwabo tour 
unexpectedly leaving the band at that point, and I came home and I started delivering pizzas. Been there, and, brother. Been there, man. Yep. Yep. No, and it's it's not a shame thing. No, it, not it, at it's all. Hilarious. It's it. No, not at all. And it's hilarious to me how like people, you know, will hear that and and they'll they'll scoff at it, but like. You know, there's some nights if you're doing well where you can like bring home like hundreds and hundreds of dollars yeah, when you're man. like com- confused as hell what's going on and, and with your life and you need a quick thing. That's totally fine. But it's just funny that people's perceptions are like, mm. oh, yeah. So, he, And uh, the reason why I bring that up is because I was delivering pizzas and um, about a month into that and just like writing and just trying to figure out my life and stuff, I delivered a pizza to someone I went to high school with. And Dude, isn't that the worst when you yeah. feel like you're at your lowest and then all of a sudden you have that interaction with somebody who like knows you like, oh, dude, I used to feel that all the time when I d- delivered pizzas or when I worked in a restaurant. Yeah. And I mean, like, you got to do what you got to do. You just yeah. got to make money. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. I remember showing up at this guy's place and he opens up the door and he's got the shittiest grin on and he looks at me and he's like, <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, music isn't doing that guess well. that huh? music thing didn't really work out there, huh? Yeah, basically. And uh, yeah, and that was the lowest point for sure. <laughs> it was definitely like, a, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? But at the same time, you know, like when something unexpected happens and, you know, everything that you've been working for kind of gets it, almost like the, you know, it just gets pulled underneath you, so to speak. It's like you got to figure out your life and you, you got to yeah. make money. And, um, you know, we just kept our heads down and we're like, let's just work on this new thing. However long it takes, it takes. So basically, you know, from 2016 to uh, late 20, uh, actually like fall of 2016, we, we were writing it, got it mixed and mastered. And then, uh, you know, we just did like the shop around thing. No one wanted it. No one wanted to pick it up. That's so, crazy. And that then just in, baffles me. And, and then fall, it finally came out fall of 2017. And then from there, we had to start from there. So we had been working on this thing. Mm. For like a goddamn year and a half, and then it comes out, and we're starting from zero, basically. And yeah, it was just—it was a very interesting point in our lives where it was like, you know, obviously this is all we want to do. Right. We're gonna do whatever we have to do to make it happen. But yeah. you know, it was—it was a very tr- It was, you know, it was just very. Um, what's the right word I'm looking for discouraging here? Discouraging. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty discouraging for a minute, and it was just very stressful and hard. You know, it was just like almost. Not being able to, you know, like being a bird with like clipped wings or whatever, like you can't really do anything. You're just like holding yeah. tight until you can figure it yeah, out. Man. So, um, yeah. So it was it was a very uh, bizarre time in our lives, but I feel like it was necessary because, you know, um, without that, if we were just given this, you know, amazing thing, and I I feel like we wouldn't have really earned it, right? So. Yeah, it was necessary, I think. Yeah, man. So, I mean, things now, right? I mean, you're kind of back there. Can't really go anywhere, right? Yeah. How are you dealing with it now? How are you dealing dealing with it differently now? Well, you know, I think because we now have, like, a quote-unquote sense of purpose, and we have, like, (laughs) our actual... It's like looking in a mirror, man. ...that we want to do, you know what I mean? Then it's okay, because, you know, it, it... and also, you know, the band itself has been like we joke around. We call ourselves an Internet band all the time because the reality is we spent so long with this band, like getting ready to tour and getting to the point where we could build a demand so we could do the right tour. You Absolutely. Know? Right. Yeah. And yeah. And, and so when that came around 
and that got cut short, it was like, okay, so we're just going back to the way that we've been doing things the whole time. We're just right. out of tour mode, you know? So the transition has not been, it's not been too difficult, to be honest with you. We've just kind of shifted a couple things here and there, and now we're just, you know, we're just doing it full on online still <laughs> yeah yeah no well well i mean yeah good man like because going back to what you were saying about you know the delivery piece so like i you know i went to you know i went to college i uh i had my son i have a nine-year-old son i had him when i was 17 and oh, uh, wow yeah i had him when i was 17 and then I, I went to college and like i was like thinking like all right you know i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna go into law school and then like you know i took the lsat a few times and i just mm -hmm. couldn't pass it and then i was just like you know what I've always wanted to do a band. Like I've always wanted to, but I've always I've because I was a car screamer. You know that I think that's where everybody gets their start with screaming is yeah. kind of in the car. Because yeah. where else are you gonna do it? I mean, you look like a lunatic doing it anywhere else. Yeah, but, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So I was just like, you know what, man? I don't want to be like, like, like measured based off of like a day job kind of thing. You know, so like when people ask, like, what do you do? I say I'm in a band. Like I'm like that is. That is how I want to present myself in like a, you know, when you go to like the cocktail parties or whatever, and they're like, so what do you do? Or the high school reunion. Yeah. I'm in a band. Uh, yeah. yeah. I make metalcore money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm so. above you. <laughs> we play riffs. Can you riff? No, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's funny though, and I, I think that's really, I think that's actually really important, especially for anybody who's like a creative type, is that like, I, you know, kind of use like the, the day job thing as a way to make the passion kind of come to fruition and, uh, you know, whatever you got to do to get there, man, you know, dude, that's the thing. It, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like me and Courtney still work jobs. We still have, yeah. we still work at a hospital. We still do like, you know, data entry and stuff like that. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I feel no. like so many musicians are like, you know, um, they're, they're almost not willing to speak on it and not talk about it. But the reality is 99% of musicians, you know, they work some sort of hot oh, side absolutely. hustle to get income. Mm -hmm. And like I was saying before, like, you know, like the whole like delivering pizzas thing, it was totally fine. The only thing I didn't like was running into my buddy from high school that one time. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, it could be much worse. You could be, yeah. you could be doing something else. So, hey, man, you you could have made so much money somewhere else, and this is what you do for fun. You know, well, why is he judging you? Well, exactly, hundred percent. So, you know. I, I think people I think people have to embrace, you know, just the mentality of doing whatever it takes and just, you know, getting it done and just, you know, living within your means. And, and if, if something is to happen with it, that's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. But it should be fun enough just to do by it on its own anyways. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, because like, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I was uh, when I was working in a restaurant, I like remember asking like other servers, like, can you take that table? I really don't want to interact with this person that I know. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just want to. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So getting off of all the somber topics, which well, actually, I, I'm kind of. We're going to be getting gonna into the. Back we're we're, we're going to be kind of getting into the after the burial tour here in a little bit. But yeah, sure. The first thing I wanted to touch on is you had just said a little bit ago, you know, doing the right tour. Because um, I think what we see a lot in our local scene, and I think it's probably fair to say that it happens elsewhere, is that there's a lot of like these DIY tours that are, and I don't want to, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody, right? Because like, you know, everybody's trying to do their thing, do the band thing. I think that's great. But I just think from like a, a, a logic and also a financial standpoint, it's like in like I know that you guys are, you know, we're I'm not like 
I'm 27, so like I'm not like you know like a 50 year old man or whatever. But it's like you know we're kind of older, and it's like I don't want to waste my time doing this. <laughs> like I don't want to play yeah. to like running 10 around people. the country without a purpose. Exactly. Right? I mean, playing to 15 people, zero people. You know, maybe have one or two good shows on a 10 show run or something, but. Yeah, I. You know what? I feel like if you're young and you don't have the experience, it's important, 100%. It's important to to, to go and do that and figure that out. Um, <laughs> we we said no to a lot, a lot, a lot in the in the in the two years before we actually ended up um, touring. Mm -hmm. And the reasons being is, you know, basically what you just said. I'm 29. Courtney's older than me. Bill's older than that. Um, and you know we can't put ourselves we can't risk putting ourselves in a position where you know one of us is going to come home and not be able to pay for this or that and it's just it doesn't make sense if you know if i if i want to go and do something for a couple of weeks with my bandmates we'll fly to fucking mexico and we'll sit there and right. you know what i mean like right. like to me diy tours like it, it's just almost like a vacation in a sense where like you feel like you're having this sense of like we have to do this man like we need to get in front of people <laughs> and it's like well you know you could just not do that and have your van break down and then come home like five g's in debt you know like you could actually Dude, just spend right. maybe a quarter of that and like push yourself online exactly you know what I mean? man yeah. or create content or create a video and push that or something and i mean like yeah it sucks it really sucks to not go and do it but at the end of the day, it's like you, you have you have to build some sort of demand. You have to make people want to come and see you. You know what I mean? So, right. uh, yeah, that's what this whole band has been. And it, it and I you know I will say like it was really tough for to not play music for that long, to not actually go and do it, and to be known as like a quote unquote internet band. Like people from around our area would rag on us all the time. And then, you know, when it came down to it, and we felt like the time was right and the right offer was there it was like hell yeah let's do it you know like this is perfect let's do it so did you kind of need uh like was it kind of like an internal decision to not do that or did you need an outside force because like i said you know you've been doing it since you were 16 like what's it like to be like you know full throttle for so long and then to go to like the online band kind of uh title it, it was one of those situations where we knew that if we were to go and say yes to a bunch of stuff we would have an immediate sense of fulfillment going and playing, right? Obviously. Right. But if we held off and we, you know, built the hype or whatever you want to call it, right, built right. the demand, when we were to go and do that, it would be 100 times greater. So just be patient and let's hope. It makes hope, so much sense. Let's hope it pays off. You know what I mean? And right. it, I'm, And I'm not saying that, like, you know, the tour that we got to do was the be all end all, like the biggest thing in the world. It was just like, it was a great fit. It was where we wanted to do it. It was like we, we've toured with ATB before. We've we you know, we've only heard good things about the other bands. And yeah, it was it was perfect. It was exactly what we needed to do. So, yeah, we, we were fortunate that it worked out. But I, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, it was so easy not to play live for two years because I wanted to rip my hair out. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it's tough. It's really hard. Yeah, that is tough because, I mean, yeah, like Adam Adam has two kids. I have one kid. So, I mean, for us to ever yeah. make the decision to go on a tour, it's got to be a lot better than local band one through four hitting up, uh, you know, some like back alley place in West Virginia. <laughs> you know, it's got to be yeah, worth I, it. I, I don't need to pay it for a vacation to go sit in a van with a bunch of sweaty dudes mm -hmm. and not shower and, you know, yeah. 
you know, do the trip, you know? Yeah. So. And, I, and, and, and on top of that too, like if, if all of us hadn't had that experience and like we had never toured before, then sure, you know, we, we it's would cat, need man. to go and have that experience. But you know, like I, like, like you were saying, like I, I started a band when I was 16 and we used to, we used to leave school. We used to skip school to tour. We would tour all the time and we toured, we toured Canada. I don't even know my like altogether probably 15, 18 times, you know, wow. for, for years, you know, and, and then, and then after that it was the Awabo thing and they were constantly touring. So, you know, we, we didn't really, we didn't really have to have that experience when we started this. It was like, how can we maximize this thing to grow? And, we felt like that was the best way to do it is just to focus online. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Cause we, yeah, we formed in 2018 in like the, the first year we really like, you know, we put together some songs and we played the local area a lot. And then I don't want to say that COVID was like a good thing. Cause obviously it's not, but like <laughs> in a way it allowed us to like kind of step back and be like, all right, let's really do this online kind of thing. And, we, I mean, we have done a lot more than we could have ever done. Just kind of do sticking to what we, the the old formula, so to speak, um, because yeah. like you said, even a, a percentage of what it would cost to go on tour to put online. I mean, you can put five bucks a day if you know what you're doing online and see some results, like some real sure. people that are like, yeah, I like this. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, it's and it's and it's still a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah for sure. Oh, dude. Yeah, man. Like it's I, a hustle. Yeah, I'm always trying to think of like so like the reaction channel was one way I was like, hmm, how could people listen to us? Another local band in the sea of like, like Every, foreverness, you know. You know? So knows, right? So I yeah. figured, you know, we'll do that, and maybe by virtue, people will figure out who we are. And uh, so far, it's kind of been paying off. But um, yeah, definitely for sure, and it's so. fun. Yeah. It's fun, yeah, that too, and it's kind of like a Facebook ad in a way because we kind of stick in like the metalcore kind of genre. Like we don't, we're not like reacting to like rap and stuff like that because we're like, I don't think people will like our music who are like checking us out because of a Drake reaction or something like that. Well, yeah, we've done some, yeah. we've done some off stuff. But. We have, yeah, we have. But yeah. um, okay, now we'll get into the after the burial tour. Hold on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hold on, after the burial tour. There we go. And we need. <laughs> oh man, I was waiting for you to use one of them. Well, man. I was I actually gonna come what? in. I was actually gonna come in and give Mike an applause because oh, you know yeah. he can't. He can't. He can't. He can't play live right now. So you know we need some yeah. kind of live. We have a live studio audience. Audience behind yeah. us. And then for wow, Adam, I, that was such a rush. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate exactly. That. And then for Adam, <laughs> what I'm gonna start doing for every podcast is this. <laughs> yeah but I'm just here is like you know a distraction in the corner <laughs> i got this new mixer thing man and i'm just like yeah. going crazy with all the different uh, things i can do with it but anyway back to uh back to what people are here for not my antics but um so the after the burial tour uh yeah. you had said that on on andrew Baina's podcast the just noise boys by the way go check that out guys um you had said that it came down to you and dealer which mm -hmm. if that happened today, then it would have just been you. But mm -hmm. if, uh, if so explain that process to people, what that means. It came down to you and dealer, like what goes into down to you and dealer? Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, we, we're to a lot of people we're like a brand new thing. Right. Right. And 
you know, like I'm not even sure at first if ATB knew that, you know, some of us had toured with them before. And, <laughs> um, you know, and, and there's a lot of outside forces. There's a lot of people working for said bands that have their influence and being like, oh, I think I think you should do this or like, hey, this band would be a really good option. They, they kill it here or they, they did this last tour, this many tickets or they right. sold this much merch, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, so I, I guess at the end of the day, uh, it came down to us and, and Dealer and um, we just kind of held tight and we're like, come on, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that whole thing. And um, yeah, you know, it, it also helped that our management manages ATB. So there was a little bit of that sway there. There we go. That's um, what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and so, you know, from there, we just said yes immediately as soon as the offer was there and um yeah we were just like kind of in disbelief because it was just like man this band has played at that point when we accepted that tour we had played four live shows that's what i was going to ask you would you did you like play much before then because like like you said like you're right like when you're writing stuff did you notice uh that like you were like, oh man, like I really screwed myself over writing this kind of riff to perform it live. <laughs> yeah, yes and no. I mean, also it's it's more so it's more so like putting it together in a set form and yeah. like you know writing the MIDI to switch the patches at the right time. Uh, writing that the is a pain in the ass. I don't yes. know if anybody who's watching live knows what it's like to set those MIDI things up, but they are pain in the ass. Yeah, it's pretty painful, and and so you know, of course. Not not to sound like that guy, but it's like, okay, so we've gone from doing four shows. Now we are going to go overseas and play for like, you know, three weeks. I have to set it up. That's fine. But like now I have to lock <laughs> myself down and make sure that and it's my responsibility. So if anything is to go wrong, I'm the only one that knows how to fix it. Ah. And so, so that, you know, there's just a lot of stuff like that, 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 you know, it kind of lingers over you being like, don't fuck up. Don't screw up. Don't screw up. You know, yeah, like, you're talking about the live set, you know, yeah. automation and backing yeah. tracks and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was fine. There was no issue. But it was just like the moment that we accepted it, it was like, oh, wow, this is real. Like this is being announced in a couple of weeks and we can't mess up. We have to be on our game and we have to like, you know, just not be that classic opening band that's never toured before. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. So, Get your ass oh, yeah. off stage when you're done. But uh, yeah, yeah. but yeah. So do you do what Adam does? I see this every show that we play. He has a pick in his mouth. He's over at the computer and he's like, "It's like like everything's <laughs> gone haywire." Like in that moment, I just know. I'm like, everything is just totally screwed right now. He's like, "Can I can I do anything?" I, I don't. Go, know, I don't know what I'm get, doing. Yeah, I'm like, I have no idea. Get, what to get do. away from me, dude! Just get away from me. <laughs> yeah, and then you're sitting there on your phone, being like, "Why is this not?" You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Troubleshooting. Yeah, exactly. Maybe if I just restart it, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, you know what? L- luckily enough, there was only there was only one moment on the tour, and that was when uh, Courtney's in-ear rig just was not wanting to sync up to her pack, Ooh. and it was right before a show, and we got it sorted. But you know, prime example, like even in Iwabo, Courtney had never had in-ears before. The you know they just never went that route, and so our our first like dipping our toes into that was on that tour and it just ended up being it's because the venue was beside a train station and the frequency needed to be changed <laughs> but we yeah. didn't know that you know what i mean so to us it's like what the hell is going on and you know we're like worried about 
her not being able to hear what she needs to hear and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. So, I mean, you know, there, there definitely was, even though we've had experience in the past, it's like taking that long of a break and then going and doing that. It's pretty daunting. You know, it was pretty, yeah, pretty real. It got real really fast. <laughs> so I'm a gear guy, right? And I'm going to jump in before Rich asks the next question. Yeah, sure, so, yeah, I just keep going. Yeah. Traveling with gear these days is not the same as it used to be, you know, carrying around the cabs and stuff. What do you, what did you bring to, to, uh, to on tour? We brought cymbals, kick pedals, snare drum. Uh, and then I brought, a SKB travel case that was like six spaces and it was just power conditioner, in-ear rig, Kemper, and um, that's it. Actually, that's it. Nice. I was lying. It wasn't that big. And uh, then, of <laughs> course, of course, the old uh, fifth member, old MacBook Pro. And, uh, <laughs> yep. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Oh, and, Pro. Sorry, and, and a rack mount interface for, for sending the tracks and stuff. That yep. was it. So. Yeah, super super standard, and luckily, you know, that we just all shared the same backline, no oh, issues nice. whatsoever. It was good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, how many shows on that tour did you actually play before it was bye bye? <laughs> uh, man, I wish I had the ad mat near me. I could tell you, but I we got about halfway through. We oh, basically okay. we basically were just about to get to the UK, which most of the shows were sold out, and we oh. were ecstatic. One of the bands that we fell in love with, they're called Polar. They're from the UK. Yeah, okay. The whole, yeah. The, yeah, I'm sure you guys have heard of them. Yeah. They were, talk, they were, they were just talking up how great the UK was going to be the whole entire time. And, oh, I'm going to take you to this place. We're going to go here. We're going to go here. And, um, yeah. So we, we, got, we hit the halfway mark, and it all just went to shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That yeah, it was pretty fun. Well, yeah, because like when I when I was listening to Baina's podcast and he said that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, here's a guy who was in a band that ended abruptly. Then they go on to figure out, you know, how to get Spirit Box off the ground, and then they're waiting, they're grinding, they're building it up, and then they finally get on this tour, and then it's just like a Houdini, the 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 the, the tablecloth the rugs the table. out from under you, exactly, Boom. yeah, exactly. So. Total curb your enthusiasm moment. Uh, oh, I, I, I gotta show, get that on my. I gotta get that on my pad to play that. Yeah, you should. You I, should. I, I got, oh <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> I, I gotta get that. But um, uh, okay. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. So, what are some things that people may not uh, think of, like when they see when they hear that? Um, oh, the tour is canceled. Like, what are some things like in terms of like, even just like, I know that getting merch in the, in, over in Europe is like, it's literally cheaper to just to get it over there and, yeah. and have it. So like, you know, like merch debt, stuff like that. What are some things that people may not think of when they first hear that a tour is canceled like that in the middle of it abruptly? Oh man. I mean, yeah, we, we had just sold out of all of our merch and did a full restock and it was waiting for us the oh. next day in the UK. <laughs> No, like great. that couldn't get any worse. Yeah, like literally. Like, oh my goodness. Like we we were like, oh man, yeah, this is going so well. We've sold out everything. Better reorder everything and maybe order more. Yeah, basically, because we right? were we were making room for for the rest of it, which was supposed to be great. And so we were like, okay, like we're pretty confident we can do this. And um, so there's that. Luckily, that just got put on Impericon's website. And, you know, that's not really something that yeah. we had to immediately think about. Yeah. Um, but just 
you know, and the other thing too is that usually when tours are canceled, it involves something that's like, you know, a family thing or some sort of outside thing that's not a pandemic. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. something that's like, and maybe you would have a bit more time to think on it, but this shit was literally literally like within a 20 minute window of us being like what's going on to them being like, well, maybe we can push on and just do the UK stuff to then everyone scrambling to get flights at like two in the morning when there's no internet on our phones and shit. And so, you know, another thing that people won't think about is that the fact that like, you know, it costs us like 14 grand to come home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, oh those flights aren't God, cheap. Man. That is, it? I feel bad for laughing. I'm not laughing. It's just like, it's no, just like, dude, laugh, <laughs> laugh, man. It's all you can do. Cause it's just like, what are you going to do? Cry. Laugh or cry, you know? So you may as well like think about how ridiculous it is. I, it feels like another lifetime right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's just, man. and I'm sure at the moment, you know, like I'd be pissed off if anybody was going to be like, Oh, it sucks for you. You know what I mean? Which we had on Instagram. Like we had people commenting being like, what you guys are that? bitches. You should have just continued on. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. It's like, yeah, let's get stuck in a foreign country for however long without knowing yeah. what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to live in the UK with nowhere to stay for four I'm months. I'm staying here until it's yeah. rescheduled. I'm not leaving. Called out on Instagram. I'm going to yeah. stay well, here. I don't yeah. care if I die. <laughs> well, as you know, we are on Twitch, and somebody in the chat, jseaver01, they did say that I will be sure to buy a few Spirit Box shirts, so we'll take our cut uh, whenever you'd like. <laughs> but, see, yeah, just uh, send me an invoice for yeah. that. And I'll give you your percentage. It's all good. Yeah. So, <laughs> Thank you for that, though. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so I... Also in, in Bayness podcast, you had said that you guys were like your own merch person, and obviously us being a local level band, we're very used to that. So what is that like? Because usually, like you know, you assume if a band's going to the UK, they're going to have you know drum techs and all these different like crew to go along with it. But so who? Yeah. For, well, number one, I want to ask you because we have this problem all the time. Who did your merch while you were on stage? Because we're always scrambling to figure out who to do that. And two, what was that like? Uh, well, first off. It- Luckily, everyone on that package was were the nicest people in the world. They didn't treat us shitty whatsoever. They weren't like, "Oh, who are these guys?" You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they were so welcoming, and um, we just we just did the classic like, "Hey, can you cover for us?" You know what I mean? Nice, if someone yeah. was there. Um, and secondly, what was that like? <laughs> I it had been a long time for me and Bill yeah. and and, Cor- and Courtney. You know, Courtney usually likes to come at the end of the night for just like a slot of time where she, where she can rest her voice and then yeah. she just like allows herself like 20, 25 minutes of just talking and meeting people. And then she's like, all right, I have to go. So she, <laughs> her, her not being there to like, you know, deal with all of that because she's like the brain. She, Courtney's like the brains behind this whole thing. Like business wise, she's like, okay. she tackles, she does everything. She tackles all that. I don't know how she does it. She has an amazing job, but let's just say that, there was a lot of um, harsh stares between all of us as we would, me and Bill would fold everything and count everything, and then and then the next day we would go <laughs> go in and do the count again, and it would be it's all never wrong. it's never this yeah it's always off. like considerably like so so off just so <laughs> bad like ugh. so you know we we got into the swing of it and we took shifts and it would be like you know Bill I need to go shower like stand here for, for for like 20 minutes and then I'll come back and then you know we can switch off and stuff but I loved it it was it was honestly so incredible 
after not playing live and not doing stuff for a couple of years to go over there and do that and just meet people that knew who we were like that was yeah that, yeah that's what I, that's what I was going to ask too was so the so the the reception that you got must have been pretty good I, w- I would assume right yeah i i didn't really know what to expect to be honest with you i wasn't too sure and just the fact that like people were showing up already wearing our shirts or like people were coming up and like already knowing the words and singing along and stuff. It was kind of a mind fuck to say the least. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, this, yeah, man, it was, it, yeah, it it was, it was pretty mental. I mean, like the power of the internet is pretty ridiculous at this point. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool and it was, it was great to like, you know, talk to people that we had been talking to on live streams for a long time too. Like someone would come up and just say like, well, I'm Greasy Wheel 69, and you're like, oh, wow, I know you, you know what I mean, or something like that, you know, like, yeah. so, so, you know, it's, it sounds lame, but it's just, like, actually getting to have that interaction after so long was, like, a very, a very cool and um, much-needed experience, I'd say, for sure. How long had it been since you had been to, to Europe in general, touring? <sighs> the last time I did Europe uh, was... Oh boy, uh, summer of twenty, <laughs> a summer of twenty fourteen, six years. Wow. So number uh, one, you're on a, a a great tour with with Spirit Box, and and two, you're back over across the pond, as they say, for the first time in a long, long time. Yeah. Man. So, is there any kind of plans to? I know that it's obviously, like I, I hate like I the the question of like. Uh, so uh, when you guys touring again, obviously like, nobody knows. But are there like any tentative plans to like try to link back up to make it happen, whether that's thirty years from now or two months <laughs> from now? <laughs> yeah, you know what we're looking we're looking at Europe summer twenty twenty one right now. Okay. okay, mapping that out, seeing what that looks like and what that will breaking you know, news that will be with, and <laughs> you know, like it's there, obviously there's nothing set in stone, but it's right. being talked about at least, which is very encouraging it's very positive mm-hmm. and um the states i i don't know I, I we'll have to we'll have to see how the next six months unfold to uh go go down that rabbit hole <laughs> yeah exactly uh yeah somebody actually just asked u.s tour so i was actually gonna ask you obviously because i know the the u.s yeah. uh, we'll, just, we'll just we'll just uh we'll just do this <laughs> there we go. We'll just we'll just do that. There we go. I have a sound for a, at least a few different moods. But Good. so explain <laughs> the <laughs> the I'm impressed, Rich. I you know, we yeah. talked about this before and you were like so he's been texting all day like, "Hey, this is going to be cool. I got this, you know, thing. Or I got to do this. I got sounds." He's yeah, I'm, and he's was, actually using them. I'm impressed. No, you're killing it. Yeah, yeah no. you're killing it. <laughs> I'm trying to be the trying to do, trying do, to be the DJ. Do, do more if you can. Do more if you can. Oh, absolutely. Really well, I'll give you this one. I I did get this clip here. I want to ask you actually. Uh, what do you think of uh, this statement from Adam that he said in a reaction video once? <laughs> I am metalcore. He said that. What do, what do you think of that? <laughs> I would agree. I would 100 percent wholeheartedly agree. He is. He told the me to genre. say it. Yeah. He told me to. No, say No, actually, it. what happened he goes, is Adam. Tell me your metalcore. I'm like, oh, I am. No, that's not. Like, that is not what dude. happened. What <laughs> happened was is that Adam hits the record button on the reactions, and all the, we're just sitting there just messing around before it, and then usually I'll edit out and you know whatever. And then he said that prior to us officially recording. I was like, I'm saving that, and I'm never letting you live that down. <laughs> But uh, that's so funny. 
It is. <laughs> <laughs> but so ex- that's that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about because I think it, you know, when people are, especially because, you know, you guys are Canadian or even like, a, you know, any kind of band that's, you know, not from here in the States, like a, like a Crystal Lake that's over in Japan or even any other Australian bands, there's a lot that goes into getting even from Canada to the U.S. So, like, what are the logistical... Uh, I guess challenges kind of either going from Canada to the U S besides getting actually booked or, or in, in going overseas, like what's that process like? So the whole, here's the thing. So Europe and UK, Europe, you don't need any type of paperwork whatsoever. They just let you do whatever you want. UK, you do need, you do need a, a work visa, so to speak. Mm -hmm. They're not difficult to get, you know, like it's not anything like the states. The states requires a P two visa. Okay. And I don't know from experience now, but when I used to have to do it in Iwabo, it was a literal nightmare. It was a. <laughs> it, Welcome it was, to the U.S. Yeah, it, it's basically like I did it. I did it about four times. Each time, it cost me about three grand. And wow. uh, and I, I know now that that's because I didn't have anyone helping me do it. And there's a specific way to do it where you can have it for a full year. But any time that we would be taking tours in that band, especially near the end, we wouldn't have a full year plan. We would just look at like the next like few months or like the next six months and stuff because of many factors. So I would apply for two, for P2 visas for said tour. And then there's two options. There's a really cheap option where it's like 400 bucks. And um, basically that means that you're not expediting it. So that means it's going to take around three months to get to you. And then you can go and do it. They'll let you in. No problem. The problem with that is that 99% of the time when you're getting chosen for these tours, like, or at least when we were in that band at that time, sometimes three to four months, like that's not enough time to accept it. Know when you're going to be entering and leaving. Cause you have to include that in the thing. So mm-hmm. that means that you have to expedite the visa, which then that costs about $2,200 us. And then there's a bunch of fees on top of that. And that means that you get it within like, a month and a half and that's depending on how backed up the department of homeland security is so i would pay that and on several occasions i would get it it was just the 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 literal like hoops you'd have to jump through to to get that done was just insane and every time there would be something i would go to the customs officer agent sorry no officer and he would be like what are you here for i'd say i'm here to play shows with my band and usually that's an immediate red flag where they're like, oh, you're making money here. Where's your visa? Where's your visa? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But, yeah. ev- but literally every time they would look at me and go, okay, uh, do you have a flight home? And you're like, yep, here's my itinerary. And they go, all right, cool. Have fun. And wow. okay. I, I would just go, I have a P2 visa. Do you want to see that? And each time they'd be like, I don't know. We don't really need to see that. And it got to the point where the last time that I did it, I was like, can you please just look at it? Like I spent the last like month and a half working on this. I've spent thousands of dollars to get my ducks in a row to make sure that you're not going to like ban me from entering here. And I, I even was like, do you have a second to talk about this? Because like, I don't even think I need to be doing this. Do I need to be doing this? And he literally said, it depends on who you get. Oh my goodness. Wow. Don't you love that? Yeah. So, oh, man. and, and you know, we're, we're talking about recording right now. We're, we're trying to figure all that out. And, you know, the only way that we can be deemed as essential for travel and stuff is if we have P2 visas. And of course, they're not issuing visas right now. So like, right. uh, it's not even an option at this point. It's kind of crazy. Mm. Maybe we can think of a workaround. Maybe we can say that we're related 
and our <laughs> uncle has passed away. We'll, yeah. we'll use that. We'll use that to our our advantage to try to try to get you down here. But uh, we can create a fake yes. uh, family tree and use yes. that as the evidence. Absolutely. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll do an ancestry.ca yes. thing or one of those other ones, and we'll uh, we'll kind of just fake it, and we'll add additional trees, yeah. and then we'll <laughs> we'll show that as evidence to the customs agent, and we'll be good. Low key, those ancestry things kind of scare me because I have a friend who literally found out that his dad wasn't his dad from that. That is messed up. So let's, that's terrifying. Yeah, that, exactly. I just took a little little, little fork I'm in the road stay there. In the dark. Yeah, yeah. I, that yeah. that I mean that was scary. But uh, so there you go, guys. Everybody that's in the chat, you listen to that. Uh, this guy has to go through all that to play these shows abroad. So head on over, pick up some of their merch. Okay, they need, they want some money. Okay, uh, he, <laughs> I said it, not him. Okay, but uh, okay, man. Okay, so what I wanted to ask you too was, like I said, you've been been, been in a lot of different bands, been through a lot of different eras of 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 promoting music whether it's you know hitting the road and you know for 10 months out of the year or whatever versus the online space how has that been for you adjusting over time and like have you found yourself maybe trying to be like no this is the way you got to do it or are you pretty good at kind of evolving it or like you said you said Courtney does a lot of it you just kind of here you go have at it (laughs) you know there's no right or wrong way yeah You know, like people will claim like, oh, you should never do this. You should never do that. I can only base, you know, what we do and and what we've decided to do with this band. I can only base it off of the past experience we've all had. And, you know, as a collective as well. It's not just me. Like Courtney has done a lot. Bill, our bass player, has played in many bands. He's he's been in bands that have opened up for a day to remember in stadiums and stuff. Like he's he's got a lot of experience under his belt. Um. So, you know, when it came down to starting this and everything, we were very fortunate right out of the get-go to have our our manager for my Wabo take interest and pick us up. So we've had that guidance since day one. And any time that we've, nice. like, wanted to stray from, like, you know, us just, you know, just, like, us being frustrated and being like, well, can't we just, like, do this quick tour or something? Because there's been moments where mm. we're like, I feel like I'm going crazy here. Like, what are we doing? And, you know, it's just so nice to have that person there being like, just please be patient. Just we had to build the demand, like just chill. It's going to be okay, you know, and I think everybody can benefit from that. Just having, you know, whether it's a manager or a good friend or just someone in the band Mm. to kind of keep level headed and and be thinking a couple years down the road as opposed to like how you're frustrated now. You know, like he would always be like, you know, in a couple of years, you're not going to be frustrated. You're going to be very happy that we did this. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and I don't feel like we're where we're, 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 we need to be yet. We still have a lot of growing to do. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that in a couple of years from now, you know, all this mess is, is something that I just kind of smile at. It's just a cool mm-hmm. experience. And, you know, and I'm obviously not meaning that, like, the whole pandemic. I'm meaning, like, us, you know, having to pivot and trying to switch into this new way of doing things, you know? Um so yeah, I, I I'm we're very open to new things. We're very open to trying like, you know, for instance, like we started when we came home, we were like, Well, you know, people are gonna be holding on their money, like what are we gonna do? And we just immediately started working on a Patreon and we're like, Well, yeah. maybe we can kind of shift that way and we can do something like that. And thankfully it's it's been awesome. It's been great and we got a community there now and um That's you know, awesome. without that I, I, I think we'd be pretty pretty boned at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To say the least. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So 
Yeah, because yeah. that's the one good thing about today, right? Is like you can do the things like a Patreon or, or YouTube or Twitch and stuff like that. There's a lot of different avenues other, you know, that, that if, you know, in the, the case of a pandemic, that you're not like totally like left for dead and you're like, oh, what do I do? Right. But, but um, so, oh, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at my notes here. I I don't know how I I don't know how I missed this. So I wanted to talk to you about this because I'm worried I, now. I, I, I'm I worried. no no no. It's 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 hilarious. It's oh it's pretty yeah funny. that one. Yeah yeah no because well, I listened to it and I'm like, man. Okay I I I, I okay. So this is what I was going to ask you. I, mm-hmm. You were doing uh, an interview with uh, I think it was actually Mike Martin, the who you, your former bandmate, and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, see, I did my research. You know, I, I, that journalism degree is paying off. <laughs> it's paying huge dividends. You dug deep, man. Yeah, yeah. But you had mentioned that uh, you watched Love Is Blind, and I did as oh, well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. what is it about that kind of TV, man? It draws me. I'm a sucker for it. It is so just absolutely insane that I have like no. I I I've, I literally find myself sitting there consciously thinking, what the hell am I doing watching this? I mean, this is like insanity. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I do the same thing. <laughs> uh, we we had a moment where we binged the entire Jersey Shore uh, series, like literally every season. The, the uh, new one, the uh, family vacation. I think we got through that one, too. I mean, they all, yeah. they all, are, they all seem to be the same, but yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they all run to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that's the one without Sammy, right? Yes. Yeah, that uh, is. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> like, and, right, uh, that's a territorial. You can thank my wife for me knowing that. Yeah. Out. yeah. <laughs> um, and the uh, Love is Blind, we, we binge watch. And recently we just uh, dove uh, headfirst into one of the seasons of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Not the regular one, but before oh. the 90 days. Big oh. difference. Big difference. So the pre-90. So, yeah, yeah, before the 90 days. So uh, that one was a trip, to say the least. And uh, yeah, I just love garbage TV. I absolutely adore it. I think it's the best. I love it. I always wonder like, how much of that is like... Because obviously they edit it in a, in a certain way to be compelling, to be like, you know, like to make it look like a train wreck. But I'm always sure. like wondering, like, what is real and what isn't? It's almost like pro wrestling back in the day. You're like, what is yeah. happening? You don't know, like... Like is this actually legit? Or like, it's just it's it's so crazy. Like, I, I don't know, man. So when you when you said that in that podcast, I was thinking to myself, oh man, my girlfriend got me. Like, she does this thing where like she'll put on like this random show that like I, on my own I would have never like sat down to watch, and I'll just get yeah. like sucked into it, and I'm just like, oh, that's it. Now I got to watch the full thing because I need to know what happens to Becca in in Damien or whatever. But it's so it's so important. It's so important, yeah. right? Oh my god, Courtney. Courtney has that going on with me right now, is where she just threw on. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched Botched. Yes. No, I have not. No, I haven't. Yes. Do you, Do you know what what, it, what it's all about? Terry Debro. His wife was on. Uh, Who is it? Housewives, right? Yeah. 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 Terry right. Debro, and actually the other guy's wife was on it too. Uh, I don't remember his name, but yeah. they they take people who have had had bad surgeries and they help them get back to normal. Yeah, and it, like some people, it's like plastic surgery stuff, and some people like yeah. are, are kind of just going in there with like 
pretty crazy expectations and wanting to do some pretty insane stuff. And then other people are like, I got mangled by someone else. Can you please help me? So like, you know, there's like both sides of the spectrum where you're like, oh, cool. They help them. And then the other side of the spectrum where it's like, don't put more in. Don't do it. It's funny you say that because I was I was flicking through and I was watching one the other day. And she had gotten, um, you know, all of these like butt injections and she had had some <laughs> giant infection yeah. and she's like, I, I need more injections. And they're like, yo, if we put anything else in there, you're probably going to die. Yeah, it's that that's that shit's no joke. Like like the whole like butt implant stuff like that takes a long time to heal. Like I'm not talking weeks like it takes like three or four months for that no, stuff thanks. to like be completely clear and it's like very risky apparently. So it's pretty wild. Wild stuff. So and you're in you healthcare, know. you said you guys work at hospitals, so you probably see not firsthand if you're not, you know, in the line, you know, line, but yeah. you know, I'm sure you hear some stories there. Yeah, well my brother's a paramedic and uh, there he's, you go right there. He's also a firefighter, so he he gets kind of Jeez. He, yeah, he's crazy. He's a workaholic, but <laughs> man, like uh, for uh, not to ramble here, but for oh, one moment, um, because where we live, if you're not a full time paramedic, they pay you like four dollars an hour sometimes when you're not actually on call. It's a whole wow. thing. It's like they have to restructure everything. It's crazy. Like hmm. it's it's wild. But, you know, for a minute there, he was having to work where I worked. And so, you know, we would just have the same experiences sometimes. But then, like, you know, the difference was that when I went home, I actually went home. When, like, he went home, he would go off to do, like, you know, a 12-hour paramedic shift. And I remember at one point, like, he would tell me stories. But at one point, I, I, I messaged him. And I'm like, oh, man, like, today's just dragging. This is brutal. This happened. This happened. I'm, and I'm complaining. And he comes back and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, we just I just had two people die. And uh, I'm just, you know, dealing with this other crazy thing that, you know, I, I'm just sitting there just being like, I am never going to complain <laughs> to you ever again. Yeah. I'm like literally sitting there in my office chair, like working and doing data entry. And I'm like, oh, this is really hard. And he's like, yeah, two people just died in front of me. It was really awful. Like, Changes oh, perspective God. a bit, right? Yeah, just a little bit. It's pretty wild. It's crazy. So, Adam, do you, you think know- I need any plastic surgery? We might need a eyebrow reduction. Probably. I mean, honestly, this is kind of getting out of hand at this point. What kind? What kind of plastic <laughs> surgery would you get, Mike? If you had to pick something, if they were like, you have to pick a plastic surgery to get, and it can't be like, you know, it has to be like something that's like kind of out there. Just the hugest biceps. <laughs> Nothing else. Just the nice. hugest. Just as many CCs. We're gonna play holy roller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in my biceps and then it would yeah and it wouldn't really work that well anyways because like I, anytime I go to lift something I, I just would struggle with it people would be like what the <laughs> it would be like Spongebob when he gets to those arms I was going to say the same thing he gets <laughs> yeah. anchor arms yeah anchor arms yeah that's what I want just 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 put put it in there I don't care as big oh, as you can get them. nice <laughs> that is awesome I don't even know what I would get the biceps oh sound God, good so funny yeah yeah, no, uh, I have to come or, back or to just that. the hugest calves for no reason. <laughs> like, yeah, I get yeah. I get shoulder broadening surgery Ooh. just so I had like massive shoulders. Just like, <laughs> there you go. No one would want to mess with <laughs> you me. Could, you, you wouldn't I be wouldn't able be able to, like, to walk through doors. They'd be like, "Excuse me, guys." You wouldn't be able to hold the guitar. You'd be like, "Yeah." No one would ever yell at you in the Burger King line ever again. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to see the cashier. I'd be so wide. Yeah, exactly. You just have is this Burger like, King oh, open? Is this is this uh, Mount Everest in the in the middle of Burger King, or is that some guy's shoulders? That's crazy. 
Uh, that's, that's Adam so from funny. True Shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would instantly be recognizable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not for the music at all, just my broad shoulders. <laughs> yeah, just, just brand recognition. You you'd be in the music you'd be in the, the music videos just standing there. You wouldn't even have an instrument. It's like, why is he in the band? He's like, because he looks sick. He's got huge shoulders. That's why. <laughs> We could sell for merch. We'd sell football shoulder pads with yeah, like a go. signature shirt. There you go. You guys oh are on the cutting goodness. edge of marketing, man. Well, I was, I, so that actually, so oh, going man. back to, to interesting merch, you could sell like masks of like Courtney's makeup and Holy Roller. You know, it'd be like Rey Mysterio oh, from WWE. Sell the masks, you know. That could be an interesting merch idea, like a Halloween item. It's, I mean, can I ask where that concept came from? Because like well, I watched Let him, let him answer my question out. first. Let him answer my question. No, my question is better. <laughs> Maybe I'll answer both questions. Uh, the the whole mask thing was crazy, dude. Like, uh, it's 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 one of those things where we 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 were trying to figure out a good a good visual aspect of the song that wouldn't be boring. And I mean, like, not not I'm not knocking on any band that did this, but like the whole Zoom Jam thing after a little while kind oh, of yeah. made you kind of be like. Yeah, you know that's that's awesome that you're doing that. It's just that like when everybody does the exact same thing, after a while, people are probably gonna like, you know, kind of just click away from it or, or not right. watch it, right? Yeah. So we came up with this concept where it was just like, okay, well, why don't we just do something where like, Courtney's looking very, almost like hypnotized or in a trance, and then we have this other character in a in a separate world where like. It's a demonic figure or it's something that's just a higher power or like this cult leader mm. to just kind of, you know, it's just it, like this this thing is telling her what to do in this field. And that's basically right. the whole thing. And then the rest of it was just, OK, um, you know, we, we are, Bill's friend just recently got married. So there's a ton of flowers at our disposal that we can use. Let's build a kind of like symbol type thing and we can kind of tie that into the whole cult thing. And then. On top of that, Bill's wife is an incredible makeup artist. And so <laughs> I remember the first day we filmed all the field scenes and stuff, and that went fine. We were out there for like eight hours. And then the next day, um, we, did the, uh, we did the demon part. And, man, Ashley is her name. Ashley worked on Courtney's makeup for about eight hours while me and Bill were setting up the other location to get it all ready. And I had like a kind of – I kind of had like a basic – concept in my mind or like a basic idea of what it would look like like it was going to be just some sort of demonic thing and we filmed it in the basement of my parents house and so when they showed up i like went and opened the door and i was literally like holy shit you like because she she's all done up and everything yeah. she had to be for the rest of the shoot and um yeah she killed it she did a phenomenal job and it just yeah it just basically came down to let's just have some crazy demonic you know cult leader and yeah. you know she'll wear contacts, and she'll have this almost like corpse paint on, and yeah, uh, yeah that's how it all kind of came about. Was we just went at it like that and hope for the best. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, it was rad. Yeah, it Thank was. You. It was awesome. Like to the like, I literally I saw that and I was like, man, they have gotta like make this into like a Halloween because I I guarantee that would sell. I I really think it would. Have you do you have any plans for anything like that? No, you know what? It never came to mind. But at the end of the day, we for Halloween that might be a really cool thing if it if it's doable. I think it I th would. I I really think it would work. I I in my opinion, no, who, I, who am I, right? But I'm just saying, like I think that I think that actually would be a, 
Anybody in the chat, would you buy a, a Courtney? How, how would you describe it? A Courtney makeup mask for Halloween? Would you? Would you buy that? But uh, I, I just pulled it up, and that's that's some good makeup right yeah, there. The eyes, the eyes sell it too because yeah. it it breaks between the eye makeup, the cornea, and then the pupil is so tiny. It looks so sick. Well, and that was the kind of. It was really, it, it it was a struggle trying to figure out what to do for this video because, you know, we don't know what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I don't claim to be some director or like know how to operate the camera that well or anything. Mm -hmm. So when we when we went about it and we sent the first draft that like wasn't color graded or anything, we sent it to our manager and he was like, "This is really cool." And he's got and and, and he's usually like if he says that something's like like this is really cool or like this is good or good job, then we know that it's really good because like. He never usually says that to us about literally anything. There's only been a few times where he's been like overly like, holy shit, this is amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we were like, okay, well, maybe we did something pretty solid then. And then we were fortunate enough to have um, his name's Dana and he plays in a band called Kingdom of Giants. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. We, yep. sent, we, sent, we sent him our edited version and he just put his flare on it his flavor crystals so to speak and color graded it and put all the edits on it like the uh the effects the cool stuff and we got it back and i was like man this actually i'm, I'm really happy with how this turned out this is cool <laughs> so yeah because I've I, I've I so from some of the interviews that i heard with you you guys have done some pretty like i mean diy personified kind of stuff mm. and, i mean in yeah. terms of like like literally, you had said you used an iPhone, which I think was it for the was it for Rule of Nines? Which music video was that for? So we've done a couple with the iPhone. Uh, the the first one that we <laughs> did was yeah. the Mara Three video with the bathtub. With yeah, the, the bathtub. Bath. Yes, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then the the other one, uh, actually, we did two more. We did <laughs> we did a Electric Cross, which is pretty evident that it was an iPhone, and then Trustfall, which was like really evident that we did it with an iPhone. <laughs> 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 um, but you know, you just kind of work with what you got. You know, like we didn't, we didn't, the budget went mostly to the recordings when we did all the singles, you know what I mean? So it was like, all right, well, we need a visual for each of these. So let's get fucking creative and let's just hope for the best. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask that. Do you feel like, um, cause obviously uh, Courtney's lyrics are, are very, like very nicely written. So do you feel like, like that you, I guess for like the story that she's trying to tell with the lyrics, do you feel like you need to have that visual component with it as well? Like how much, like does that, is that always like a thing in the back of your mind? Like for each song, we need some kind of a visual component rather than just like a visualizer or something like that. You know, I think it comes down to a couple of things. First thing is personal preference. Mm -hmm. We've, we've never really been ones to, you know, do like a, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but like a lyric video or yeah. some sort of like you're listening to, and then like the sound wave pulsating and stuff. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's just not something that we've wanted as a look for this band. And, you know, the mentality has just always been like, if we're going to do it, we need to do it the way that we want to. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, I know that everyone is going to interpret Courtney's lyrics however they want. And that's kind of the magic of it because like yeah. mm -hmm. in my in my opinion, you work on this shit for like 6 months, you do the the you know, the mixed critique, you get the artwork, you do the videos, and then you let it out to the people and it's now theirs, right? It's not yours anymore, it's theirs. Right. And so I, I feel like people are just going to kind of decide what it's about even if you tell them that it's that is something else because it, it some of the words might connect with them in a different way right and on top of that as well 
Courtney, in my in my opinion, is a star. No matter what, she's going to she's gonna just automatically mold herself to whatever character she needs to. She's going to portray whatever she wants to, and she's going to do it in a really great way. So, for visual for visuals and stuff, I'm I'm we're never trying to match anything because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if we do or not. You know, mm-hmm. it always just comes down to like if you watch any of our videos, you will find that there's like two or three components that are rather like repeated throughout the video. And that's usually Mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, uh, an article of clothing that stands out from the rest of us or red glitter or just some sort of really easily, you know, found or just some sort of, um, you know, anything that can be recreated easy or, you know, is kind of flashy or just kind of stands out and we'll base the whole video off of it, you know? That's usually the way it goes. It's usually very simple. Yeah. No, because I I love the, the, all the different visual components because, like, what's also interesting and really cool, too, about your songs is that, like, they're not like the type of songs where you can, like, read the lyrics and you instantly kind of know what it's about. I think that that, obviously, for I think for certain kind of songs, that's obviously you want to convey a certain message. But like you said, and, um, you know, it, it really ends up, coming down to the to the listener or the viewer and uh to use the the famous words of, of frankie palmieri explaining art kills art sometimes so yeah. you know if is and i i really like that saying but um i what, agree with that 100 percent. yeah so and i think that that's really um i think that's like i think that's awesome that you put a, a lot of emphasis on the visual component what even if it is in like an iphone or you have a, a professional videographer do it um because i think that that is it allows the, the, the viewer or the listener to really engage with the band in a way that they wouldn't with like a lyric video because we've tried all of them. We've tried music videos, lyric videos, and visualizers, and the music videos are always far and away much more engaging than the other options. Right. Um, yeah, I'd agree 100%. Yeah. So the other thing, so I think this is probably a question that I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have on their minds, but... Like I, I would agree with you. I think Courtney is a star. I know that Adam would agree with that. I think absolutely she yeah. she is a star. I mean, she not only is she a very talented uh, screamer, but she her she's she can also sing like very. It's like and I and she had said in one interview that I watched with her that she has like a polyp on one of her vocal cords. So knowing mm-hmm. that and what she can do is just insane to me so how do you guys deal with the i don't want to say the label but being referred to as you know female fronted because i think when you when i'll let you i'm sorry i just wanted to say that um you know like i think where we are with the the with metal is is that it's still not like super prevalent uh for for you know and i and i think that it's it to me it, it it's like it's like still like not like you know because you're used to seeing you know a guy be the the front man and whatnot. So it's like it, like when I try to explain to people like oh like you know this is a this is a female fronted band because like the other person on the receiving end is also like what like a girl does this kind of stuff. So sure. like how do you how do you um I guess uh, deal with that because I'm sure that you would deal with some different kind of uh, you know trolling online that a normal band with five dudes doesn't uh, endure. Sorry for the long-winded uh, thing there, but yeah. No, no, dude, not at all. No, you know, it's it's a it's a very heated question. I think I think that, you know, I met Courtney in two thousand eight, right? Mm-hmm. 
the first show I ever played with her, we we both played in this bookstore, and it, it was yeah, there was there was like you know twenty five thirty people crammed in this bookstore, and so I've I've watched her grow from that to then being an Iwabo and and having these different time periods of when like women were really not doing that type of thing right. to then when mm. it was becoming more and more acceptable to maybe now when every single comparison is just you and Ginger. You know what I mean? And so uh, yeah. I think I think at the end of the day, like, you know, she she's had she's dealt with everything across the spectrum. She's dealt with people throwing shit at her, you know, back in the early days when, you know, it wasn't deemed appropriate <laughs> because it's a woman yelling, therefore it's not sexy or therefore it's it, it, it's a it's a man's thing so you can't do that to then you know even even you know if one of our first <laughs> through iwabo you know there was definitely instances where like stuff was you know like negative stuff happened to even when, when we were doing our first shows and you know something as simple as this sticks out where it's like we finished our show and we stood there and, and one of the bands that opened that played after us sorry was standing at the merch table and turned over and said so like what like what got you into this like why do you do it <laughs> yeah and it's like could you ever yeah. could you ever imagine walking up to another musician who just played a show who's a guy and being like so like yeah you wouldn't say it why would you do that so you wouldn't do that because it's yeah. you know right so so for, for me personally like i i understand that it's something that is new to a lot of people i very much we all very much appreciate that there is a movement and that there is a change happening but you know it's just it's it's hard because it's like you can't win you'll put up a live video of yourself doing a a playthrough and you will leave it raw as shit you know what i mean yeah like you will literally leave imperfections you'll leave flat notes we'll go out of our way to use one angle so there's no cuts and you get people being like this isn't live there's a i can hear reverb it's not live (laughs) Or and, and and you just want to be like, man, if this wasn't live, it would sound so much better. You know what I mean? Like this is literally as live as it can be. Oh well, no, there's tracks behind it, so it's karaoke. You know what I mean? And and I think there is there's a lot of that because she's a female, and because it's like almost like you have to prove something. Like, well, she's pretty good for a girl, I guess. Or she's my favorite. She's my favorite female metal vocalist. No, 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 just just. Just say, just say <laughs> one yeah. of my favorite vocalists. Just say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that that transition and that weird thing, just is. I think it's going to take a little bit, and I understand why. But at the same time, like I think people need to just like, I think people just need to live with the times, and they need to understand that we're all just trying to do this obscure, crazy style of music, and that it doesn't matter if you have a dick between your legs or not. You know what I mean? It just really mm-hmm. doesn't. It's just, you know, we're, we're all just trying to make heavy music. Like, it, why does it matter? Why does it matter if you're a male or female? It really doesn't. Um, yeah. And I think it's getting better, like I said. Yeah. But I, I, I think that we have experienced maybe a different type of, ex, you know, uh, relationship with people online good and bad because of it and um my only hope is that you know in the next however many years that people won't have this separation effect and that they'll be able to just see it for what it is and rather like it for the music or not like it for the music as opposed to like it because it's a woman or like it because it's a man you know what i mean yeah so you know it's um 
it's it's and especially as being personal, especially with it being my significant other and my wife. You yeah, know, absolutely. That, that, yeah. That, that that adds another thing to it. You know what I mean? And it's it's hard sometimes when it's done in person to not speak out and and be that guy. Mm. Um, so I have a lot of I I have a lot of moments where I I try to understand, you mm. know, and I and I try to just consider certain things but i will tell you that sometimes it's very difficult to you know? yeah because especially you said that you keep up with everything kind of going on on the internet and if you watch the reaction videos i mean i don't know if you've come across anything like that even just kind of watching reaction video like because i mean i i don't i don't know so is that anything that you've ever come across is like kind of yeah. like by accident like yeah okay yeah yeah like you know people just being like don't tell me that's that that's a chick doing that they're not supposed to do that yeah, or, and and maybe they don't mean it in a negative way. Right. Maybe, exactly. Yeah. And maybe I'm taking it that way, like in in that negative of a way, because of certain things. But you know, I just I just strongly feel like if it was a dude, it would just be know, like, yeah, here we go. It Middle. would just be like, oh, great song. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Well, well, it's outside of the box. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, Rich and I talk about it all the time when you don't have a lot of things to compare things to. People don't it's like foreign, it. It's foreign, so people don't like it, and they're uncomfortable around it. Yeah. You know, there's and, only a handful of, you know, females doing their thing in, in this genre, you know? Yeah, you know, I, and like I said, like, it it was way worse back in the day. You know, like, yeah, it, it, I, I, I've, I bet. I've witnessed, I've I've heard from Courtney, I've, I've heard from from many other people. You know, we, we, we've toured with a band, uh, before called Conquer Divide, who were you know the whole band was was were females playing this show. Oh, really? And, okay. And you know we we saw it firsthand on that tour, and you know we Courtney's friends with Tatiana from Ginger, and they speak every now and then, and we we all read the same comments, we all see the same videos, we all yeah. know that that's the way it is. Um, but like I said, you know. It, it is getting better, I feel like. And I hope that in the next little while it will kind of just even itself out. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think that's a good perspective to have too because I think, you know, like for Ginger, for example, you know, there was probably, I don't want to over-exaggerate here, but like 8 million reactions to that Pisces live session where people are just like, there's no way she's doing that. And like at first glance, you know, I get it. Like they're like very like taken aback. But then it's like that's a really interesting perspective to look at it like because like, you know, I'll, you know I'll be I'll be honest like sometimes I I don't really look at it that way because I'm one I'm not a, a a woman and also I'm not in you know like you're married to somebody who is doing that so um, it's a really good perspective to have and I think that that's something that people should really mm. keep in mind so I, I like that um, but. I'm going to have people send in questions now here in the chat. But uh, before we get you out of here, man, there was just a couple of things that I wanted to ask you about. And uh, I thank you for sure. such a thoughtful answer there. Um, yeah, I know. Good. I know that's probably a, a, a question you probably get often. Um, but no, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I think people expect there to be a lot of negativity there. But there also is a lot of understanding. So, I, you know, there, there's both sides to it. And I think that both sides need to be presented in order for things to kind of get better. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a couple of quick things here before we take some just some, some questions here from the chat. Um, so going back to the DIY thing, um, I know that you guys are on Pale Cord. So being so DIY-minded, what made you want to go to the label? 
so pale cord is our manager's label oh uh, okay yeah. i gotcha i gotcha okay yeah and, and basically our manager at the time when this all came about was managing quite a few acts that just kept on being told no or just kept on being um you know turned away and he yeah i not only is an amazing manager, but he also just eventually at some point wanted to start his own label. And he just got really frustrated and was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own label and I'm just going to develop, you know, some of my bands that I feel like really have a moment to shine and, and that I can get them there. And this can be a stepping stone. And it also turned into something where he started picking up other acts full time and, and it's becoming a real thing. And nice. we're, we're really ecstatic about it and we would be nothing without pale cord pale cord has basically been there since day one and um yeah it's it's just great it's it's an amazing relationship that we have because it's so easy because yeah. it's just the same the, the same, same guy person yeah dealing with yeah <laughs> yeah yeah plus yeah. they probably help you a little bit with budgets and whatnot instead of you know mm. just having enough mm. for the milk bath buying the milk you know you probably get a, a new bathtub <laughs> to go along with it or something but yeah uh, <laughs> once, once you ruin the bathtub with the milk then you can get a new one it's all exactly good. <laughs> right so so uh uh real quick i know that you had said that uh you know you're working on the album and obviously there's some logistical challenges there so what are the plans for that and also, what are, can we expect any, uh, you know, are there other songs from the record that are kind of ready to be released before the record? Or are you kind of waiting? And can we expect like any, like maybe a feature? If there's anything you want to talk about, anything you can talk about? Well, yeah. So, so the record itself um, was scheduled two weeks after we were supposed to come home. That obviously didn't happen. And then we <laughs> pushed it back like two months. And then Canada ended up. Canada and the States came to an agreement. They pushed travel back another month. So we just canceled the last one. And now we're thinking about maybe October to play it safe. But even then, we're kind of like, I don't know. Um, so now we're like talking about, well, maybe we need to give people another single to tie them over because, you know, the momentum of Holy Roller will, will inevitably, inevitably slow down. And, you know, we don't want people to forget about us. Right. And, um, so that might happen. I don't know. As far as like songs on the record and everything, we don't even know if Blessed Be or Rule of Nines are going to be on the album. It's at this point it's literally going to come down to if we can write anything better. We have like mm. we have like 11 songs good to go, but our goal is to write like 16, 17 and then narrow yeah, pick, it down okay. to like yeah. 8 yeah. or 9 or 10 or something, you know? So Gotcha. Um not too sure what that's going to look like, but yeah, I I really hope that we can kind of nip this in the bud and at least have a tentative date where we're like all right october 14th it's gonna happen we're gonna be hunkered down for three weeks you know um but i i'm very doubt i'm very doubtful to be honest with you yeah, uh, yeah. and as far as features go uh, you know we we talk about things every now and then but but courtney is always like her thing is that if she wants a feature she wants to hire the person to do something very unconventional so yeah. like you know for instance like we're good friends with like Adam from Oceano. So instead of hiring Adam from Oceano to like yell on our record, we would hire him to sing on the album or something. That you know would what I mean? be yeah. worth the price yeah. of admission alone right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that would be, uh, I bet cause people are going to be sitting there. Oh, Adam's on the song. Wait for it. This, the, the gutturals come. And then he's just like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know. We're, we're not like a big, we we don't we don't really consider that until like 
you know, well, sorry, we, we won't consider that until maybe, you know, the songs are a little bit more yeah. put together and like finalized. And then we'll be, oh, well, this guy would be great on this part or whatever. So right. I'm hoping we can have maybe one or two. But if not, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll get a Vincent Bennett uh, feature since Courtney was on a song with the Acacia Strain. You know, maybe, well, we'll, maybe a, little, know. a little tradesies, a maybe little tradesies. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, if it does come out on October 14th, that's my grandmother's birthday and I'll get her the album and she'll be very confused. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Happy birthday. All right. Grandma. So, yeah, right. Okay. So we'll get you out of here. Let's see. Uh, Architect Error says, what bands would you like to tour with someday? Loathe. Yeah. That's yeah. a good choice right there. Loathe yeah. is awesome. We're, we're big on Loathe. Um, you know, basically just the usual suspects, man. Like, Architects, Bring Me, Loathe, Deftones. You know, you name it. Yeah, we'll we'll do it. I I uh, I'm really, really hoping that at some point we can link up with bands like that and we can, uh, you know, go on a couple tours or at least just hang out with them. That'd be great too. <laughs> yeah. Well, when touring comes back in 2040, it'll be very interesting to see how that, uh, yeah. how that, uh, you know, materializes, but Dude, uh, 20, 2060 <laughs> is going to be such a sick year. I can't yeah. wait, dude. I just can't wait to be like 70 playing metal core, you know, it's like, all right, let's see that circle pit. You and your Walker, you're yeah. gonna be able to, your L4, L5s are going to be exploded from all your exactly. head banging. Uh, yeah. Uh, JC01 says, uh, favorite tattoo. Also, what advice would you, I assume he means one of your tattoos, not one of ours. Uh, sure. what also, what <laughs> advice would you tell uh, younger you would, uh, who would skip school to go, uh, to go tour? Okay. Yeah. yeah. First, first off, favorite tattoo is, uh, this bear that I got. Um, it's kind of hard to see. Sorry. Did you wrestle it? Well, yeah. Okay, so I'm getting to that part. So we we, we we played we played this tattoo convention in Texas uh, in Iwabo, and Limp Biscuit headlined. And nice. uh, while we were getting tattooed, Limp Biscuit was playing, which was a little bit of a bummer. But I basically went up to this guy who I loved his artwork and I'd known him before, and I was like, I would love a tattoo. And he was like, I can tattoo you. And he he freehand draw that he drew that on me, and he did it without a stencil. And wow. then halfway through, he was like. Can I put arrows through the bear? And I was just like, yeah, okay. And then literally like months after my band disbanded. So it was very like he could see the future and was like, yeah, your band's going to end up predicted breaking up. So you may as well, you know, put this on your body for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, I'm sorry. What, what was the next question? Uh, he says, what advice? I'm going to. Okay. What advice oh. would you tell the younger you who would skip school to go tour about touring? That's that's the question. Yeah, I tell them to chill out that it's not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I I would I would be like just do just do like half the amount that you're doing. You don't need to do DIY tours like six months of the year. Just like just relax. There's going to be this thing called the internet, and you can like you know just let other things do the work for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and also, I would just tell them to be patient. I mean, I'm going to be on my thirteenth year of doing this now, so. It's it's a long game. It's not it's not gonna happen right away. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. True. <laughs> so the other question here uh comes from Fear of the Storm. It says, uh, how long did it take you before you felt like you had developed your unique sound? I'm gonna assuming to Spirit Box. Man, you know what? Uh I'd say the first two 
efforts we had, like the, the the first EP and then what became the singles EP, were like very very much experimental in the sense that like we didn't really know what we were doing and what we were trying to accomplish. Like I said before, like we were just trying to come up with cool, catchy songs that we enjoyed hearing ourselves and that we we thought were were good. And I think once we kind of started really, you know, getting the whole I don't know if you can see it, it was a whiteboard back there, you know, kind of going to the whiteboard and, and writing stuff down and, and talking openly about, you know, instead of just me presenting songs like us writing with a vocalist as well and writing with Courtney, you know, like at the same time, whether, you know, we're writing a part and she's just getting on a microphone and just talking gibberish for melodies and stuff like once we started working as like a cohesive unit and it wasn't just me. I think that's when we kind of started figuring out what we wanted to accomplish and what we wanted to do. So, you know, like when we started putting out the rule of nines, blessed be, and now holy roller stuff, I feel like that's kind of this collective in, in which we're trying to work towards. So I'd say like in the, only in the last, you know, like year, you know, has it ever, has it been something where we're like, yeah, I think, I think this is what we're about right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a, a long haul. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and the last one before we get you out of here, man. Uh, any advice for a beginner guitarist? I'm, uh, and I'll say, besides, uh, learn smoke on the water. So, yeah, what's <laughs> some advice for a beginner guitarist? Yeah, um, first off, I would just try to learn everything that you enjoy. Don't start with theory. Don't start with anything that's going to be boring to you. It's going to be a long process. It's going to suck. You're going to suck for a long time, but if you can suck while you're enjoying yourself and you can like you you can you can learn all the stuff that you actually enjoy playing and you know, you can build up that dexterity and you can build up the hand strength and everything while you're doing something that you enjoy. That's what it's about and you're going to propel yourself way faster versus, you know, say like learning. Although it's important, you know, learning like modes and scales and stuff, you're just not going to have a good time that way. You have to enjoy yourself while you're learning as opposed to just forcing yourself to put your head down and put pen to paper and like you know figure out all the the back end of it all and yeah. you know all the all the all the you know the the book learn stuff get all <laughs> book learned on it you know what mm-hmm. i mean um so yeah just learn songs that you enjoy and and don't and and don't get too um what's the word like don't get too uh man it's like 40 degrees in here i can't even remember what i was gonna say <laughs> don't get uh I don't know. Just just have fun with it, you know. <laughs> I need to, I need to eat. I need to eat. I can't think straight. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, crickets. That went on way too long. But uh, I like that, man. Awesome. Well, again, yeah. Mike, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you doing this. I know we kept you for a while, but there was so many no, things that good. I wanted to ask you. And yeah, uh, hope we didn't scare you off too much with all the different sound effects and all the uh, the uh, inflated <laughs> bicep and shoulder talk. <laughs> but uh, but uh, go ahead, man. Plug away. I'm sure that anybody who comes across is probably kind of ha- uh, uh, the chances are probably stumbling across this. You know, who knows? But just in case, go ahead. Plug away. Anything that you uh, you know, you go for it. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, we just put out that song, Holy Roller. It's available everywhere. Our whole catalog's on Spotify. Uh, we have a Patreon if you want to check that out. Uh, it's really cool. We make a bunch of vlogs and videos behind the scenes stuff and we offer exclusive merch and first you know you get to hear the songs first before everybody and there's a discord chat too so you can you know hang out with us and talk all the time and uh 
Yeah, no, I, I that's pretty much it, man. That's that's basically it. That's what we're about at the moment. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. I really, awesome. really appreciate it. And it was a lot of fun. So we should definitely do it again sometime. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll, we'll be like, I say this all the time, but we'll be like Joe Rogan. Like We'll be like episode 128. We'll be like, all right, Mike Stringer is back on the podcast. Yeah. But, uh, Round two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll all be 10 years older, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, man, hopefully, you know, maybe when this all, maybe when you guys eventually come down to the States, maybe we'll be the local opener for you. Who knows? We'll see what hey. happens. I'd That'd be great, man. I'd love to, I'd love to open up for the for Spirit Box. But uh anyways, guys, Mike Stringer from Spirit Box. Thanks again so much, man. And uh you have a good one. Go get something to eat and uh, if it's cold in there, get a blanket wrapped around you, you know. Yeah, maybe then I'll actually be able to talk. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I Thanks, really appreciate man. it. Have and, a good uh, one. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Peace, man. Right, cool. man. Peace. See you guys. Thank you so much if you made it to this point of the podcast. We really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Both Adam and I do a lot. Very much. Make sure, if you want to support the podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. And also make sure you share this podcast wherever you can. Unlike music, which we are more so used to promoting these platforms don't really do a whole lot to help podcasts be promoted. So the really the only way to do so is to like I said, share sure. it, word of mouth. And also, if you want to support us even further, like we said, we are a band called True Shot. Stream our music, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music. And if you want to support us even more than that, we have a merch store, trueshot.bigcartel.com, where you can go to pick up some merch from us. Thank you so much Thank for you. listening. Goodbye.